on, everybody? Happy Monday. Welcome to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets right here on the Mayo Media Network. I am Chris Meany. Thanks for taking the time to hang out today. Only one game in the NHL today, one game to break down. It is the Ottawa Senators and the Vancouver Canucks, the first of three straight meetings between these two teams. But we have a lot to talk about on this show. A trade in the NHL happened last week between two superstars. Going to break that down. Going to touch on some of the most added and dropped players in fantasy hockey. Yahoo leagues. I was scanning the waiver wire and fan tracks leagues, ESPN. There are several studs just low owned, and it's criminal. So we're going to talk touch on a couple of those players today to help me talk about all of that is Eric Young. Happy Monday, buddy. How's it going? I know the Preds are not playing uh, up to the standards that you have for them, but dude, um, we got a lot of hockey to talk about today. Yeah, not playing up to the standards that anybody has them. I mean, it's uh, the last couple of games have been really, really bad. And uh, I mean, you know, I have faith that they will write the ship, but right now it is, there's not a lot to cheer for. Uh, in a side note, uh, that will come up in hockey lore, no doubt. Yours truly won the Stanley Keg Championship ice hockey Ooh. on Wednesday and then secured first place in the bronze division in a roller tournament on Sunday. So this is uh, wow. this may be my farewell trip in hockey. I'm going out like John Elway, uh, two championships in one week, not a bad day. Uh, there will be a test on this later, so write this all down. Dude, I can see, like, the you, you were buzzing. It was like a smile on your face, like you slept with a clothes hanger in your mouth all weekend. Uh, two mm-hmm. chips? Wow, man. Congratulations. Yeah, not bad. That's not bad at all. That's pretty good. Uh, if you're just new to the show, welcome. Thanks for taking the time, as I said, to hang out. Please rate, review, subscribe, like, as Mayo says. Smash that like button here on the Mayo Media Network. Make sure you subscribe. Lots of great hockey content here and just all kinds of great content over at Mayo Media Network as well. And he's he gave away another $100. So I have the winner here, and it is the Twitter handle at hardtimes underscore 75. Uh, not so much in terms of hard times for you, my friend. $100 US in your pocket. Congratulations. Continue to rate, review, subscribe, leave your email. Who knows when Mayo is going to give away another $100. He's that kind of guy. He's super generous. We appreciate the time here on MMN to talk fantasy hockey with you guys today. So you know, one thing that you and I have done over the past couple of years is take a look at four game streams, waiver wire stuff, ads and drops. It's easy to, I, I see this all the time in the industry. Yeah. Pick up this guy. Oh, this guy's pick, pick up this guy, 0%, 1%, but who are you dropping? Right? So you and I are going to touch on a few players. Maybe you can cut ties with it's still early in the season, but it is a short season. We always talk about four game streams, maximize your moves. That's how you get the advantage of your opponent. I have a waiver wire article over at FTN fantasy.com going to be doing that every single week this is week two of the fantasy hockey season use that promo code meanie mayo whatever you want to get in on those waiver wire articles we're not going to be able to talk about them every monday it's just a light night in the nhl it's a weird week one game monday two on wednesday one on friday 14 on tuesday 14 on thursday 11 yesterday after only five on saturday so a weird nhl schedule to start so hang on for some of the waiver wire pickups we'll get into the senators and the Canucks in a little bit, but I wanted to get your thoughts off the top. I mean, a, a massive trade between the Jets and the Blue Jackets. Patrick Line, Jack Roslovic go to Columbus. Pierre-Luc Dubois, who had played four minutes last week, was, was benched, was a healthy scratch. Columbus just said, listen, we're getting rid of this guy now. Let's make this move. 
what's your initial thoughts in the trade and who do you think benefits and maybe takes a bit of a step down in terms of their stock? I mean, for me, I, I did not think we would see anything like this this year. Uh, this trade floored me. It, it took me most of the day to <laughs> come back to reality. Like I couldn't believe that it happened. Um, look, I, I mean, I feel the Dubois situation is, is strange. It feels very NBA to me. You know, I don't want to be in Columbus, signs a two-year deal, you know, comes to training camp. All reports is that he had a good camp. Uh, you know, he, he's an excellent player had an unbelievable playoff run. I, I feel like if he would have forced their hand in the summer, they could have got even more for him Be, coming off the playoff run. He was a, a one man wrecking crew uh, in, in the bubble this year. Um, I think teams, I mean, I thought, you know, when he said, I want to be traded him not showing up, I didn't think that would increase his value, but I was wrong. I think Columbus wins this trade by a landslide a third round pick going the other way and a player that doesn't want to play and is sitting on your bench anyways, because Tortorella is not going to put up with no effort. It is an absolute win for the Columbus blue jackets. They're getting an absolute stud in Patrick line and a proven NHL player in, in Roslovic. Uh, they're getting Dubois, a, a disgruntled, you know, guy. I mean, it, it's going to set a precedent. We're going to see this again, I believe with star players. He said he wanted out. He forced their hand by not playing, not showing effort. And, and I don't, I can't remember that ever happening in the NHL ever before this week. So it's, it's, uh, it's going to change a lot of things. And I don't think for the better, I don't want it to become the NBA. I hate the NBA. I hate the soap opera that it is. Uh, and I hope it that's not what's going to happen, but I think it's going to happen. Yeah, there was definitely some bad blood between him and Torts, and that's all anybody's saying. Oh, how's Line going to work out with Tortorella? And, you know, he's he's quote-unquote lazy, all that stuff. I'm sure Tortorella had some say in here, but this Columbus Blue Jackets team, they they need some offense, right? Over the past couple yeah. of years, they've lost so many good players like Panarin and Duchesne and now Dubois. But Patrick Line, since he entered the NHL in 2016, he's ninth in goals, right? 140 goals, one fewer than Patrick Gain in 14 fewer games, two fewer than Taves or Taveras rather in four fewer games, nine fewer than Dry Settle in 13 fewer games. Like he is an elite goal scorer. The fewest he's ever scored in a season is 28. Right? He did that last year. He's a he's an elite goal scorer. And these guys, you hear this all the time. They don't grow on trees. Well, they don't. It's really hard to find a 40 goal scorer and just be able to acquire them on your team. So. I don't know if he's going to stick around at Columbus. He's, he definitely wants to be on the big stage. Both of these guys want to be on the big stage. Columbus and Winnipeg, not so much the big stage. No disrespect to Blue Jackets or Jets fans out there. He is going to need a, a contract at the end of the year. He's an RFA. He wants to get paid. He's been talking. You know, he's he's been on record saying that he wants to get paid like guys that were taken in his draft year. I mean, he's not as good as Austin Matthews, who was number one in that 2016 draft. Line A, two. Pierre-Luc Dubois three, Jesse Pugliarvi, four, who we'll get to a little bit later on, but amazing. You don't really see top players like that in that draft get kind of flopped for each other, but then you add Roslevic. So I think Columbus did very well here knowing that Pierre-Luc Dubois forced their hand. So just initial thoughts right away for me is that somebody's going to benefit in Columbus, right? I mean, they just lost their number one center. So Alexander Texier, Max Domi, one of these two guys, probably going to have Patrick Laine on their wing. So not bad. 
<laughs> uh, and Texier playing some pretty good hockey even before getting Liney in the lineup. So six goals, seven assists, 36 games as a rookie last year, only played 1245 per game, Eric, so far up to almost 18 minutes per game. I think he's going to be their number one center. I mean, there's a lot of guys that they can move around there. Boone Jenner, Nick Foligno, these guys can all play center. Uh, Max Domi is a guy that's going to benefit. But I think Texier, who's a guy right now, I mean, three goals and five points, Eric, through his first six games, it's it's a big boost to a team that doesn't score a lot of goals. You're going to put him on the power play. Uh, Line is, I don't think his value changes all that much. Maybe his teammates, the skill level of some of the teammates are going to be surrounded by not as not as great as what he had in Winnipeg, but you know, Domi and Texier are guys, especially Texier. He's a guy that's available in leagues and I would grab him right away. If I saw him available on the wire. Eric. Yeah, hundred percent. I feel like Texier is a guy that we've been talking about for a while now. You mean the last couple of years is mm-hmm. someone that could break out, you know, when guys would get hurt, he would move up the lineup. You know, he would, he would show, you know, really good skating ability, uh, really good passing. You mean like relentless pressure on the puck. He's a guy that is going to benefit. And I think if I was to bet right now, it's going, that's who is going to play with line a at the first, like you said, they don't grow on trees line. A, I don't think, Many people would consider him a generational player right now, but I think he has all the tools to be that, you know, if he can stay healthy, uh, big body can skate. And there's only maybe five, 10 max players in the NHL that can shoot the puck like him. That's, uh, you know, that's such uh, an advantage for a team to have a guy like that, uh, a shooter on the top line and on the top power play. I get that Columbus is not known for their offense, but, this is what they've been needing for how many years have we been saying this? They need yeah. somebody that can score that's, you know, guaranteed to get 30 goals. And I feel like, you know, you got to realize that it is a shortened season and maybe he doesn't score 30, but I think there's a possibility for this to work out really, really well for Columbus. And this is the, the thing that they need to push them over the edge. And who knows? It may work out. Maybe they pay him. Right. And he gets the money that he wants and yeah. he's, he's a good fit there. You know, he only played the one game, so he's on IR. He's he's day-to-day with an upper body injury, but he had the two goals and three points in the first game, three shots. He's a volume shooter. I would say there's only, like, maybe five max guys in the NHL who can shoot the puck like him. He's yep. he, he really is that good. So um, not a whole lot really else to take from it. Liam Foudy maybe is another guy who's going to get some more ice time. Don't sleep on him. On the other side, Winnipeg, eventually, when Pierre-Luc Dubois gets into the lineup, I would imagine Stassi moves down. He's hard to roster anyways, but – uh, he moves down, and then may- maybe Andrew Kopp is a guy. Uh, I know you had some notes on him. We can touch on him in a little bit later, but he's a guy that I noticed, you know, since line has been out, he's been playing on that second line with Ehlers. There's a bit of a chemistry there. He's getting 18, 19. He played 20 minutes, um, you know, a couple games ago. He hit the score sheet a couple times. So he's somebody to keep an eye on, too, with these trades. Guys move up the lineup. Guys move down. There's always something to take away from it. So more fantasy hockey ads and, and drops in, in a little bit. There are 17 teams playing four games this week. So uh, lots of streaming options for you out there, but there are six that play only two games. So we may have some questions on uh, some of those teams, maybe players that may not be willing to hold on to with only two games on the schedule. But let's talk about tonight's game. We have the Ottawa Senators and the Vancouver Canucks. As I mentioned, the first of three straight meetings between these two teams. They play on Wednesday and on Thursday. We have a high total here, Eric, six and a half. The Canucks minus 152 favorites on home ice. The Sens plus 132 road dogs. Ottawa one, three and one and Vancouver two and five. Both of these teams already have a lot of ground to make up in the North division, Eric. 
Yeah, it's a, uh, it's a really interesting time for Vancouver. I, I thought that they would be better and look like it's early. I mean, like the season isn't long, but we're not that deep in there was no training camp. You know, some of these teams that look disorganized and, you know, their power play or their special teams isn't firing yet. They haven't had time to work on it and they're not going to have a ton of time, but as they play, as you know, the coach has more time with the players. Um, I feel like right around now, you know, this is, this is kind of, you know, from the start of the season to now is right around how long training camp would be. So, the, you know, I feel like the teams going forward in this week and the following week, we're going to kind of get to know, you know, what's what and who's who. Um, I spent, you know, the better part of a five-hour drive home from Atlanta last night trying to convince my friend that I think the Ottawa Senators can win the Stanley Cup. <laughs> I Get I out of here. Believe, listen, I can't believe that I said that out loud, but look, I am not a, a huge sports gambler, but I am a wild sports gambler and a sporadic sports gambler, and the odds were just too good. I think the Ottawa Senators can make it into the playoffs and I do believe that they may not win it, but I believe they can play for the Stanley Cup this year because nobody knows what's going to happen. The Dallas Stars have played two games. Like, nobody knows what's going to happen. Nobody knows. And if you're going to bet on a whatever, whatever it was, plus 200,000 or whatever it was for Ottawa to win, this is the year. So I did just that. So who, if you think they get in, who's out? I mean, Toronto's in. Montreal's like... Are, are they... Okay. Okay. I, I, yes. It, it's two weeks in. Two weeks in, you've changed your tune on maybe the, the Leafs who you had to win the division? Or the I still team? have them winning the division. Okay. I believe. So they get in. I, I believe Montreal could really push. And I know that's making you happy and you're, you're, you're smiling on the inside yeah. and out. Uh, they yeah, look yeah. unbelievable, yeah. but it is early. It is yeah, early. For sure. Um, Super early. I, Vancouver looks pretty disorganized. I have I I didn't believe in Calgary earlier, uh, and Edmonton didn't do anything to improve their team from what they were last year. If anything, they went backwards, and they lost Mike Smith. So good luck with stopping the puck. Good luck with defending in your defensive zone. Connor McGregor, McGregor, Connor McDavid. You, tell us, uh, tell us your thoughts on McGregor too while you're at it. Ooh, out cold. Yeah, that was a uh, that was that was a wild happening. My 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 poor friend just. Continued to lose money all week. And then I tried to convince him to put money on Ottawa to win the Stanley Cup. So uh, he was down on his luck. Money on the McGregor fight. Money on Green Bay winning. Uh, it wasn't a good week for him gambling-wise. None of this advice came from me. He did this completely on his own volition. But I did try to convince him to put, to put money on the Ottawa Sanders winning the Stanley Cup. But I believe they can sneak in. I think if Matt Murray can be the Matt Murray that we've seen before. And I mean, look, I mean, we don't know. We don't know. Maybe he, this is the Matt Murray that exists now. Maybe he's never going to find his old form, but they're big, they're, they're physical. And the reality is, is every player on this team is max effort in every game led by Brady Kachuk. So I look, I know it sounds insane and everyone's laughing at me every time I say it, but if there was every year that it could happen, this is the year. I still think that they can sneak in and I think if you can get into the playoffs with a team built like that, size on the back end, some guys that can move the puck, and just relentless effort for you know top to bottom on the front, it, they could beat any team. 
You know, we had a lot of people reach out to us last year. Why the heck do you guys keep talking about the Ottawa Senators? Why do you keep talking about Ottawa? It's like, well, we like Shabbat. Well, we like Duclair, right? These guys are like, they have value on a team that's super thin and they're getting a lot of ice time and they've they've improved. You know, the North is, it's wide open after, you know, Toronto, Montreal, and Calgary. I think those three are, are the best teams, but there are a lot of holes across the board with every team, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, we we have questions about the Leafs' defensive structure, and Anderson, I think, is a good goalie. But we have questions about definitely with the Canucks' blue line, with the Oilers' blue line, both of those teams in net. Calgary, I have questions about their bottom six offense. I love their goaltending. I like their defense. The Sens have a lot of holes. The Jets have a lot of holes. So there, there's an opportunity to maybe grab that third or fourth spot in that division as of tonight. I mean, both of these teams, just brutal starts, right? I mean, pathetic. The be, Senators, would you be surprised if Ottawa beats them tonight? No, I would not be no, at all. no, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be surprised. I am on the Canucks. I think the Canucks win this game, but I think the better bet may be the over here at 6.5. Uh, I, this is a trend I'm following. I know there's been a lot of talk in Vancouver about them tightening up defensively, but I don't know if they have the personnel to just all of a sudden be yeah. like, okay, we're going to, we're going to tighten up defensively here. I love Quinn Hughes. Uh, still some holes in his defensive game. Tyler Myers getting a lot of ice time. Alexander Adler returned in, in the latest game. Nate Schmidt is good, but he struggled to start. Hamannick is on IR. They have they had a lot of just young bucks. Geez, they had three defensemen in the second game against the Canadians that had combined 22 NHL games experience, right? So and and not even just that. Look at this Canucks team as a whole. I mean, they've just, they've allowed a league high 4.71 goals per game. They've coughed up at least five goals in four straight games. They allowed 17 goals in that three game series against the Canadians. The Ottawa Senators have allowed the third most goals per game this season. Both teams ranking inside the top 10 in shots allowed per game. High danger scoring chances allowed per game at five on five. I I just feel like there's still going to, there's going to be some goals here. And the Senators don't have a lot of offensive firepower, but man, that top line with Kachuk and, and Josh Norris and Drake Batherson, have, they've looked pretty good as a trio, right? And, and, you know, two of the three are widely available in leagues. They're super cheap all the time on DraftKings. It's a strategy I like to attack, like spend down on the Sens or spend up, um, you know, in the Avs or the Bruins. It's a strategy that's worked well for subs over at FTN this past week or even when, since the season has started. So, I wouldn't be shocked if the Senators won. I would be absolutely shocked if they won the Stanley Cup. Uh, I still wouldn't be shocked if they made the playoffs. Somebody would have to – somebody would get fired. I would say that. Like, um, you know, maybe an Oilers head coach would get fired or Flames or Canucks head coach would get fired. But give me the Canucks here to bounce back. Minus 152 or, you know, whatever it is currently right now. Yeah, minus 152 is not bad. Right. I think there's more skill in this Vancouver team. They've loaded up that top line with Horvat and Besser and Miller. Pedersen finally got on the board in the last game. You could see he's really struggling. This is a kid who yeah. uh, the first few games was struggling. He was, I, I saw him throw a stick a couple times, take a couple careless penalties. You could see it on his face, a couple giveaways, but he got on, this, on the score sheet last game. He's a really good player. One of the, you usually only need, especially a young player, when you start off slow and things aren't going your, your way, you're not used to them not going your way as soon as you get on the score sheet things start to you start to feel a little bit better start to feel oh you know this as an athlete you feel a little looser so so things may get going with him 
if you're playing showdown, taking a look at some of the boards here um, that we have drawn up from our guy, Maddie, I, my strategy would be to put a Canuck as my captain, either spend down low on one of these cheap sends, put him in as your captain. As I said, I think there's going to be some goals right now. I got Brock Besser in there. Uh, he's a little bit cheaper for, to, for him to be your captain as opposed to, you know, poor Horvat, Bull Horvat, who I love a lot in this game. Um, so Horvat, Besser, Miller, Hughes, I think you can get them all in. And then maybe take a shot on that third line with the Senators, Dadanoff and Anisimov. Anisimov would be that punt play, that cheap guy that I would look for tonight. Uh, he's 2K. Plug him in, getting some power play time. He's centering Dadanoff, and Dadanoff's on that first power play unit. So you get a little bit of correlation there with those two forwards. Um, if you had to pick anyone from this game to go off, who would it be for you? Uh, I, I like Elias Pettersson. You know, oh, <laughs> no, Pedersen, I feel like, like you said, it's, there's all these reports as he stays in Vancouver, uh, you know, doesn't, doesn't go home, stays there, trains, the videos of these guys taking these helicopters up to these glaciers and practicing and uh, being around his teammates more and, and, and training like a savage. And I think, you know, there's a lot of pressure on him, you know, and probably most of it self-inflicted. It, I'm getting messages on Twitter, like, oh, do I drop him? No, um, no. You don't drop Elias Patterson. I mean, he's he's an unbelievable player. Things will get better for him. I don't know if things get better for the Vancouver Canucks, but he's going to be on the ice. He's going to produce points. I think now that he's got things going, uh, it, I think we're, we're going to see a big uptick going forward for him. So that's someone I really like. Uh, and look, at, like I know it, it's a little bit price. He's pricier out of the guys of the Ottawa Centers, but I love Brady Kachuk. I, I mean, I think this yes. guy is an absolute leader uh, at 21 years old um physical if you play in bangers leagues like you know he he's hitting every single column and and he's a difference maker every night just like his brother was just like his dad was it's you know it's it's something in their blood they they pull their team into every single game and i'm not saying it's likely that the ottawa centers win the stanley mm -hmm. cup i want don't twist my words around i'm not telling you that they're going to i'm not saying that they will or they'll even make the playoffs i'm just saying in this year, yes. the way the NHL is currently set up, the odds say that the chance of them making it into the playoffs and winning the cup are, are way too low because the reality is, is nobody knows what's going to happen, including me. And that's it why is... I put $20 on the Ottawa Senators. <laughs> I, I, it's probably not going to be the worst 20 bucks you've ever spent. Right? No. No, I can, I can guarantee it's not the worst 20 bucks I've ever spent. Yeah. Um, so, yeah, like I said, both teams off to a brutal start. Um, the Canucks is two wins on the season. They've lost five of their past six. The Senators enter on a four-game losing streak after winning their season opener. But I, as I said, I think the over is the play here. The Sens have played to the over in three of their five games. The Canucks have played to the over in four straight. So it's a, it's a trend, like I said. I think um, I'm going to just try to attack again. So give me the Canucks and the over. I see – like a five, three game, potentially uh, some, some team here is allowing five goals. I would shy away from the goalies. If I had to pick one, it would be Holpe. Maybe Demko gets in there. They've been going back and forth, but I would imagine they go back to Holpe with the back-to-back -back coming later in the week, Wednesday, Thursday. So um, Demko will get a start. You know, you mentioned ads and drops. So yeah, that's just crazy. Let's not overreact here on Pedersen or any other superstar that you drafted in the first four rounds of your fantasy hockey draft to already consider dropping him. Joe Pavelski was one of the most dropped players in week one. And Eric, now he's one of the most added players 
um, as we head into week two of the fantasy hockey season. You and I, doing a podcast together last year, had a lot of questions about Joe Pavelski, right? We said, I believe we said at the start of the season, he was going to regress a little bit. He had a sky-high shooting percentage. It was rocket high. Uh, but he had been a 60-point guy, a proven 60-point guy for his whole career. I think he had six straight seasons of 60 points, at least 60 points with the Sharks before he landed with the Dallas Stars. And he started slow. It took him 14 games to pick up his fourth point last year. This season, he had four points in his 2021 debut, which is remarkable. He added another three. Dude's got seven points. Six power play points already. I want to know, how long do you think it took him to get six power play points last season? How many games? And I'll give you a hint. He's already, well, this isn't even a hint, but he had 11 total last year. He's already more than halfway there to matching his total last season. How many games did it take him last year to get Six power play points. I know we talked about this a bunch, uh, and I know it's a lot, so I'm going to say 60. It's close, but that's ludicrous. That's a crazy guess. It's, in, it's insane, yeah. It's insane. 60 games. It's 52. 52. It took him 52 games last season to get six power play points. He's already there. I mean, I, there's no real reason why he should be owning 48% of Yahoo leagues. He's up at the top as the most added guy in Yahoo leagues. Uh, Joel Erickson Eck. Uh, we got Connor Garland is another guy. I know you like Justin Falk had the monster game a couple days ago. He had eight shots and a couple goals. Nick Schmaltz, uh, Devon Taves, Rupe Hintz, Tyler Tafoy, a couple monster games as well. Noah Dobson is another guy who's trending up and then Pew Suter, who we'll get to in, in a little bit, but uh, Pavelski. You would add this guy, right? I, I don't, I mean, maybe you can sell high, but I, I, my only thinking here with Pavelski and the ownership is that Dallas started off slow. COVID ran through their team. They had a bunch of games postponed, but now they're playing hockey. They got four games this week. They got Detroit tomorrow. They got Detroit Thursday. Those are two primetime matchups, right? Pavelski is a guy that needs to be rostered, correct? Uh, I, 100%. And I think, you know, if he's not owned, then you add him now. And, and, you know, a lot of people that have him now are thinking, well, maybe I sell high, but the reality is this, the, his position right now and why he's playing as well as he is, is because the addition by subtraction, no Tyler Sagan, now no Jamie Ben. he's, he's going to play a ton, you know, that, I mean, Dallas stars are, are not, you know, shooting the lights out. They that's, that's not who they are, but Pavelski is going to be leaned on. He's going to play on the top line. He's going to play on the top power play and Dallas looks really good. Now, is it that Dallas looks really good or the National Predators look really bad? You know, yeah. They're not going to play them every night, uh, but two games against Detroit, I feel like you know, Chicago is a rotten team and they just put, scored six on them last night. So, yeah, sign me up for Dallas players. Get in on it big time. Yeah, they did like 10 and two games. They took care of uh, Detroit pretty easily, right? And you're right. They are not a great hockey team. But yeah, Pavelski just again, 14 goals, 31 points last season. Didn't get the puck like we talked about it. The shooting percentage was, it was both ends, right? It was super high the year before, super low. And then in the playoffs in 27 games, he had 13 goals. So one fewer goal in, in 27 games in the playoffs than he had in 67 games in the regular season. So it was both sides of it. it Maybe extreme luck in the postseason and no luck at all in the regular season. Maybe we'll see a little bit of just kind of mediumness with Pavelski. Um, is that a word? I don't know. Dennis Garyanov. I want to throw him out there as well as another guy, 23% owned in Yahoo leagues. 
Uh, 20 goals last year in 64 games, 27 games in the playoffs. He had 17 points. He had 57 shots. He had seven power play points, uh, nine goals. Like this is another guy who's, who's there's a, I mean, the breakout is for real. The 20 goals last year were, were not fluky. He's very good. Uh, another, you just mentioned a bunch of injuries. So it's another guy who's just going to get a ton of ice time on this board. Who else? Like, uh, Erickson Eck is one of those guys that touches a lot of categories. I know you play in bangers leagues. He shots, hits, face-off wins, uh, a lot of ice time for him too. The, the wild are another team that they play four games this week. So I'd like him Falk. Sure. Uh, he, he can provide some blocks and some shots, get some power play time for you. Uh, I don't mind that play. Garland is probably one of the most underrated players, maybe Eric yep. in the NHL. He's a volume shooter. Yeah, yeah. Like I mean, uh, he's got a scoring touch. This is something that he's had, uh, you know, through junior hockey um, in, in the in the AHL and, and now in the NHL. It's just he's a guy that knows how to score. He's got that touch. Uh, he's got an unbelievable shot. You know, not a big guy, not physical, not a great skater, but he just he just knows where to be. And and it's continuing on from last year. He kind of warmed up as the season went on. It was a guy that I think we were touting a bunch on, on our show, saying like, "Look, this guy's going to score." You I mean someone's got to score goals and for uh, Arizona, and, and this was the guy. So he's you know what is he thirty six percent owned, and it should be higher. He's playing on the top line, playing on the top power play. And I was reading a thing, and I can't I, unfortunately I can't remember who the author was it was i it was a phoenix beat writer of some sort saying he went to to um to management and said like what do i need to do to play more what do i need to do to be the next level and they gave him a list of things and he just worked on it relentlessly in the off season um better skating you know added strength and size because of the downtime so you know like everyone is saying they did that but i think if you've watched any arizona play this year it's showing garland jumps off the screen for them and and should be owned in, in most leagues Yes. And Arizona has two games this week. So if you were into streams, uh, maybe you, you just wait, but I think, you know, what we've seen from him, what we saw last year, I think he, he's definitely valuable. You're playing with shots. He's getting a lot of ice time. He's got top power play time, uh, Arizona, LA, Montreal, San Jose, Vegas, Winnipeg, six teams that only play two games. So maybe just, you know, be hesitant to, to stream on those teams, but Garland is a guy that we like quite a bit. Um, Devin Taves is a guy that we like too. Uh, we we've touched on him quite a bit. Don't need to spend too much time on him, but getting second second power play time is a stud, right? The Islanders gave this guy away, and then they lost yeah. Boychuk, and all of a sudden they're super thin on the blue line. But he is he's a smooth skater, and it will correlate here in a second to why he's the most added and why one of the guys is the most dropped as we bring up that board in a second. But I just want to touch on Pew Suter because I know he's going to be trendy. He's going to be buzzy. You mentioned the Hawks. We've touched on them before. Super thin without their captain. Um, they brought in Soderberg just to play second line minutes for them at center. And then he suffered an injury and he un unable to play right now. So undrafted rookie scored the hat trick last night. So good for him. Um, phenomenal stuff. He has actually been buzzing over the past couple games, but he just hasn't been able to score yet. But Eric, when you play with Patrick Kane and Alex DeBrincat, eventually you're going to, those pucks are going to go into the back of the net. He became the second Blackhawks player to record a hat trick within their first six NHL games since Art Somers. No idea who that guy even is because it happened back in 1929, three goals in his four career games. What do you think of Suter 
would you take a shot at him? Because you have to drop somebody, right? I mean, I don't want to get crazy here and say that this guy's going to be getting hat tricks all the time and he's going to be playing with Kane and Debrinkat all the time, right? They could go Strom if Taves comes or if he comes back or Soderberg comes back, we could see Suter drop down the lineup a little bit, but you're playing DraftKings. You didn't need taking shots in this guy because, I mean, he was 3K the other night. Yeah, I mean, anybody that's going to play with Patrick Kane and Dabrinka, like, sign me up. It's just being on the ice with them on the top line. This guy's going to produce points. He's going to touch the puck. Um, and th- that line is going to produce, like, the Chicago Blackhawks aren't a good team. But that doesn't mean that there's not valuable players on this team. They're, they're going to score. They're going to still play. And I believe he's on the first line, and I think he's playing – uh, on the second power play. So, I mean, he's going to have tons of opportunity. And, and we saw this last game look like, yes, they were playing Detroit, but, you know, he's not going to score like that all season, you know, but as long as he's out there with Patrick Kane, I've been saying this for years and years. If you're playing with Kane, you're playing Panarin, you know, you're playing with McKinnon, you're playing with McDavid, whoever it is, even if it's somebody you don't know, put them on your fantasy roster. And, and as long as they hold that position, they're going to have value. I think Soderberg comes back. Um, the coach in Chicago last year, it was infuriating as a fantasy guy, like every night in a blender and however they come out, that's, that's how he was playing. So that can be infuriating, you know, and some coaches do that. So the hope is, is that Suter sticks uh, on the top line if you add him. But for now, like that's that looks like it's his spot to lose. Had a great game uh, this yesterday, and will continue to play in that spot. And as long as he's playing with Patrick Kane, he's going to produce. Four games this week. Got your Preds on Tuesday, Preds on Wednesday, Columbus, and then Columbus again. So um, at least to somebody to consider on DraftKings, super cheap, get some exposure to that top line. As we move over to the most dropped, uh, you see Ryan Graves there. Ryan Graves is just a guy that he was a bust. I mean, I'm not going to sit here and pat my back on only two weeks into the season, but he was an easy bust for me. He's a guy that was paired up with Kale McCarr and benefited from playing with Kale McCarr. I mean, the goals and the points, I don't want to take anything really away from him, but he didn't even get any power play time, Eric. And yeah, he was one of the leaders in plus minus. Who cares about that stupid, silly stat? doesn't mean crap. Uh, Taves is now in playing in that top four. Bowen Byram, who I was telling people to keep an eye on him. He looked really, really good in his second game against the Ducks, right? They're going to have maybe three or four more games to take a look at this guy. I don't know how he doesn't stick. He looked phenomenal there. We already touched on it on this show, but there was a shift where he was playing with all the studs, Eric. I think I mentioned it with Cam and it was Rantanen and um, Landeskog and McKinnon and then Makar and Byram and they're on a five on five shift and they just absolutely dominated. He's, he's like Kale Makar, but he shoots left. Like he's just, he's got the offensive ability. He's a smooth skater. He's going to learn. I think he sticks, but Ryan Graves is an easy drop for me. All the defensemen that we brought up in the ads, I would like Falk. I would make the switch. There's no question. Um, Farabee's up at the top. Domi. We just touched on Domi, right? May have line a on his line. Let's be patient there. Myers, Jeff Carter, James Van Reemsdyke, Alex Kalorn, Tony D'Angelo. He's a clear drop. Uh, Alexander Romanov and then Mikhail Sergachev. Anyone here that you would hang on to or maybe you agree is a clear drop? 
Yeah, I, I feel like there's there's no name there where I'm like, oh, like, you know, maybe they're going to turn them. things around. Yeah. You know, those are all like kind of like middle of the load, road to low rope kind of players where like, you know, someone's available and he's going to have four games in a week or whatever. You, you, that's a guy that you would drop that, that list that you just made. Um, you know, someone like you know, I've been noticing Kasperi Kapitan, um, you know, I, I think you could probably drop him. I mean, he's, he's been back with the Penguins for a bit now, playing on the third line, uh, not playing with Sidney Crosby like we all thought and hoped that he would be. So that's a guy that you could probably drop. But those are all guys that you could drop. Someone, Some of them might get picked up, but, I mean, if you, you want, you could pick them back up in a week if need be. Yeah, there's a few others I want to get to that I don't think people should drop. Kadri, I noticed this morning, is getting dropped. I would be patient. I know he only has one goal, two points. This is a former 30-goal scorer. Uh, he's going to get going here. Uh, Burakoski just returned to the lineup last night, too, so maybe that'll benefit him. Anthony Manta, I could see maybe cutting Anthony Manta in, like, a standard 10-team league. I think I would hold on to him in a 12 or 14 league with with shots and hits. Uh, Rasmus Dahlin getting dropped. I know he's been held without a point, but he's too good. Uh, to be held without a point for too long. The the Blues are really, they haven't loaded up on one line. They've got guys all over the place. So Hoffman uh, is slow start so far, only two points, one goal, not getting a ton of ice time on that quote unquote third line right now for the Blues. But I like all three of their, their top lines. Uh, I would be patient with him. Chris Kreider, I would be patient. I wouldn't drop him. Tyson Berry is getting dropped in leagues. I oh, two points, my goodness, not great, but Man, there was a stretch in three games where he had 14 minutes of power play time in three games. So, I mean, that power play will get going. I think he'll get going as well. So those are a few players that I would be patient with that I wouldn't drop. You have a list of guys that you like that you would maybe add? Uh, add, yeah. I mean, uh, Tyler Bertuzzi is a guy that isn't owned in a ton. I think he's at 20, what did I write down here? 24% playing on the top, plot, top line, playing with Larkin. Mantha is a guy, like you were saying earlier, I definitely do not drop him. I believe this is going to be a big season for Anthony Mantha. Like I know, look at Detroit is, is they're in the total rebuild for sure. But Anthony Mantha is, is a really, really good player. He showed it last year before getting injured and missing most of the season. Um, they're going to get it right, especially this top line. Uh, and Tyler Bertuzzi playing with those two guys is a guy I like, touches a lot of columns. Um, like I said, plays on the top line, top power play, 14 shots. So they're going to start to go for him. And I believe they're going to go for Mantha too. So that's a guy that I like to add. We've talked about Cop. We've talked about Garland, Suter. Nick Ritchie uh, mm. is playing on the second line and on the top power plane. Yes, I'm, I, that's, I'm not misspeaking. Nick Ritchie is playing on the yeah. top power play for Boston and is producing, um, you know, big body guy can stand in front of the net, take abuse, you know, score some garbage goals, but those, they all count guys. Um, he's got uh, 15 shots on net. So like shots on goal is a really telling stat. Me and Chris have been saying it for several years now. Um, if you don't realize that and you're playing fantasy sports, shots on goal is a real way to understand you know, it's a predictor, you know, like if, if they have like Kadri, he's got one goal, but he's playing a ton. I mean, he's shooting the puck on, it's going to go for guys like that. So those are some of the guys that I, I really like And a notable mention to, I think he's 7% uh, Kempe in Los Angeles. He's uh, got a ton of shots, hasn't got the points yet, but is playing um, on the top line and playing on the top power play as well. I mean, I don't, I think most people don't even know who that guy is. I mean, I had to really, I had to look myself a double take, but uh, so pay attention to line combinations, pay attention to power play time in, in fantasy sports. It's super important. 
It is super important. Yeah. And how about Kopitar? Um, you know, kind of on the way out here, Kopitar is a guy who had 10 points and he's really just uh, somebody who is, is definitely trending up. So if you want more fantasy hockey action, check out FTN fantasy com. I got the waiver wire article there. It's going to be there every Sunday. Just taking a look at four game streams. I've ranked players that I would pick up overall, but there are 17 teams playing four games for the week. So I have a streamer on every single team and a couple who are 0% owned for those who are playing in those deep leagues um, on the way out Canucks, the over, and then Bo Horvat over 2.5 shots minus 114 on DraftKings. Team high five goals leads all Vancouver forwards with 20 shots. I like his over and I like Brock's over. Quinn Hughes at 1.5 is juiced up over he's minus 215 last I checked. So um, maybe include him in a parlay from Eric Young, myself, Chris Meany. Please rate, review, subscribe, leave a question in the YouTube section. Maybe there's somebody that you have a question about on your fantasy hockey team. We'll get to it a little bit later on. Have a good one. Cheers. Cheers.